0: statistical so unpredictable here on SNL stats.
1: Welcome everyone to a very special bonus coverage episode of SNL stats. I'll be your host today. My name is Andrew Haynes. And we will be discussing the newest show produced by Lauren Michaels. It's out on HBO Max as of Thursday, yesterday, starring everyone's favorite presence in the stage left chair on the Weekend Update desk. His name is in the title. We will be talking that damn Michael Che. So very excited for this we will be spoiling almost everything about the show. So if you haven't seen it so far, uh, feel free to go back and watch before you check this out. But if you've seen it or you're okay with spoilers, you're going to love this episode. Um, I think it'll be really fun. So just to let you know what we're going to do, we're kind of going to kind of talk about the overarching themes, uh, what we liked and what didn't quite work so much, and then dig into the details a little bit more. So we'll hit the highs, the lows and everything in between. But just to catch everyone up, if you haven't seen our last couple of episodes, SNL Stats has been producing some really quality content lately. Just two weeks ago, we had an amazing Superfan takeover discussing the greatest SNL impressions of all time, the Mount Impressmore, if you will. And just this week, we produced a milestone interview with the longtime and current SNL director... Don Roy King, who is an absolute legend at 30 Rockefeller Center. So check those out if you haven't. And to go ahead and get started, let me introduce the guests in our panel tonight. So he hosts all of our super fan takeovers. Uh, Sammy K, how you doing?
2: Hello, Haynes. It's really exciting uh, to be here to talk about this show. I remember when they initially announced it. um, I was just super excited because it's always fun to see Someone from the current cast of SNL, kind of what they do and their side projects, um, you know, when they're not at Studio 8H at 1130 on Saturday. So uh, it's great to be here. Excited to talk about it. And I'm excited to see you in the hosting chair for a change. It puts a lot of, a, a lot of pressure uh, off my shoulders. So All right. H- happy for you to steer the ship.
1: All right. Well, the pressure's all on me. Yeah. When when we heard about this coming out, we just knew it was something we had to cover. We talked with John, the founder of SNL Stats, and he was happy to move forward with this. So I think it's going to be a really exciting episode. Joining us for the first time, uh, we have our friend TJ. He is a podcaster in his own right and an avid listener to the show. TJ, how you doing?
0: Um, I'm honestly great. I've listened to every SNL stats episode. I'm a huge SNL fan um, and a big comedy fan, in just in general. Um, so I, I love Michael Che, and anytime that Che makes a joke, and you could tell it went a little too far with the crowd, and I just, I'm always cheering him on like a like a father in the stands that literally, like, no, no, go, go, go for the joke, Che, go for it. Um, and uh, even uh, in prep for this, I watched the show twice and did my own little mini Che retrospective. I rewatched his old special and watched some interviews um, to kind of like really get his voice as he was gonna be talking about the black experience a lot in the show.
1: Excellent, sounds awesome. I also hit up the, his most recent standup uh, from a, a few years ago. Uh, so that was really great. One of the things that we like to do uh, the first time we have on a new guest, just to build some kind of context for the audience, is uh, have them share their SNL story with us So if you wanna just tell us how you got into SNL uh, and kind of what your experience and history has been like with the show, we'd love to know. Um,
0: Yeah, okay, so John did ask me this and I I literally took two hours to think about it and try to type it up. So uh, I started watching SNL back in high school around when Parks and Rec had its second season, and Parks and Rec is my second favorite show. I was channel flipping late at night, and I saw Amy Poehler come on screen, and I was like, what is she doing? And she was she was monologuing. Uh, and I, so I just didn't stop watching, and I was like, oh, this is really funny. I don't know what I'm watching, but it was a good time. Um, and I, uh, I've definitely watched... Like, all the episodes I've watched have been everything pretty much from, like, 2009, 2010. Like, i cover covered the full 2010s, and I've gone back and watched a good bit of episodes. But I definitely can't say I'm am, I am an expert on SNL in terms of its um, full 46 years, but I definitely have a love of it. Um, I, uh, but I don't know how much credit I can honestly get, because I am somebody who doesn't have cable, so I do watch it the next morning on Hulu. Now, let me make something very clear, though. I do watch SNL... Like, I'm not a big sports guy, but I watch SNL with, like, the passion of, like, a dad watching a Ravens game. Like, I am, like, I am yelling at the screen, like, oh, yeah, that's right. So, like, right. how do you do that impression? Like, I am passionate. I love the show. And it's, it's, I, I'm such a big comedy fan that it's just wonderful to see, you know, like, I remember Kate McKinnon's first episode. And to see, like, where she is now, it's just really wonderful to see the the comedy glow up. Um, So I definitely I'm a big fan. Uh, I don't know how much I I could earn SNL stats cred, but I definitely, you know, love and I'm happy to be here.
1: Well, we're thrilled to have you. Uh, that sounds like a great experience. Uh, not knowing that Amy was on SNL and just you know learning that one night sounds like really. That sounds like a lot of fun. If if Parks and Rec is your favorite show, hands, um, if I
2: could jump in real quick, I'll say he earns TJ earns SNL stats cred in my book by saying he's not a sports guy because I am not as well. Hey, I and mean, he, I mean, he's not a sports guy. <laughs> he treats SNL like a sport. I'm, I'm so happy to have TJ on, the, on this episode today. <laughs> Gentlemen, we are vibing right now. That's what's happening here today.
1: <laughs> vibing, vibing, absolutely. So actually, you know, it's funny. I'm not sure why they think this, and I guess it's because of you two, but I heard um, Keenan, you know, do, they were doing a promo for the show one time, and it was, you know, coming on after, like, you know, some huge uh, college football game or something that was a primetime Saturday night game, and Keenan said you know, stay tuned and watch us after the football game on NBC. And then he made some sort of joke about there not being a lot of crossover between uh, sports fans and SNL fans. I'm a huge sports fan. I know John is as well. I didn't know that there was a stereotype that SNL fans don't like sports, but I'm happy to break the mold.
0: I don't know. I'm just a nerd, honestly. So like, that's not, so if there's something I'm into, I'm going to get really nerdy about it. I just never really click with sports that well. Um, I didn't know about that crossover. Like, I I will be honest, when I do see that an athlete other than Charles Barkley, because he's hilarious when he hosts. Um, like, when I do see an athlete host, I'm kind of like, I do roll my eyes a little bit. But, um, but, you know, every time, every, that's what I love about the show. Every time you watch there's going to be some good stuff there. And I don't know, I'm just, I I just, I have a good time,
1: you know? Sure, sure. And absolutely, uh, athlete guests, uh, hosts, I mean, can totally be hit or miss. They really, really can when it comes to understanding the stage and comic timing and that kind of stuff. But to not focus too much on SNL right now, because we do have a lot to talk about, I will uh, start with you, Sammy. Uh, Maybe for those who haven't seen it, how would you describe this show?
2: Ooh, big question. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Che, uh, you know, he created the sketch show, and when I first watched, when I started the first episode, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect because, you know, Michael Che is obviously one of the head writers on SNL, but he is really known for his stand-up, uh, so I wasn't sure exactly how uh, what the balance would be if there would be a lot of stand-up in the show, uh, you know, or was it going to be more sketch comedy focused? And it's kind of, as the way I'm describing it, it's a little bit of both, where each episode has a a bit of an overarching theme. uh, And it's all on stuff that's really prevalent, uh, you know, in our lives today. You know, there's an episode all about the police. There's a lot of stuff to do with COVID, so you can tell that this is something that was made really recently. But it's honestly something that uh, I haven't really seen from a sketch show, you know, in, in some time where... All, all the sketches really hone in on, like, kind of one theme idea. Like, going into the show, I wasn't sure, are we going to get, like, an I think you should leave situation where it's kind of like a mixed bag of just randomness. But every episode kind of has a thesis statement, and I think that works in some cases and doesn't work in others. But I, I found it really interesting overall.
1: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, They they it's definitely interesting the way they uh, kind of, you know, hang on to one theme and... The sketches are not particularly independent of each other, but it's rather like a couple of really long sketches that have been broken up into four or five chunks where you kind of revisit uh, the same storyline throughout the episode. Uh, TJ, what was your biggest takeaway from the show?
0: Ooh, um, well, I am pretty much for the listeners, I am uh, an, an African-American black gentleman, j- just black. Um, and so anything that really touches on the black experience, but also can make me laugh because anything that touches on that, like, is something I gravitate towards. Um, so I'll be honest, there's lots of like media out there about like, you know, how rough the black experience is. Like, I'm very aware of it. Like, I don't need to watch like 12 Years of Slave, but like, if I'm going to watch Chappelle show or uh, and living color or astronomy club or a black lady sketch show and you're gonna talk to me but also you're gonna make me laugh about it you know because i don't need to be black explained to so my biggest takeaway was just like some affirmations and uh some laughs like just getting a chance to like hear michael che's voice unhinged is like that was kind of the biggest thing i was like all right so this is what che really wants to say and they're letting him say it
1: yeah, definitely. I, I feel like that was kind of maybe my biggest takeaway too. Was that um, you know he wasn't really just trying to teach us about the world, but he was really trying to teach us about his world and his. It was very much his specific perspective, and um, I, and I and I think I don't even I don't think that he means to speak for all black people. I think that he probably wants to tell his story, and that's that's the way it felt. So it was really great to kind of get to know che a little bit i mean off screen you know where, where there's the sketches and then they've and then they've got these little breakaway bits where he's kind of you know just musing and you can hear the the crew and, and writers and stuff laughing in the background and and, and i think it's a great vibe um uh, so do you guys want to talk about the first episode let's do it
2: yeah all right
1: so policing. Uh, which um, opens up immediately with the uh, elevator sketch, which was making the rounds as the teaser for the show. Uh, Of course, we get Cecily Strong right off the bat playing the ally. Um, (laughs) And this is, listen, this is great for me because I actually kind of have a tie. I kind of flip-flop between uh, Michael Che and Cecily Strong being my favorite cast members. Uh, I've always been a Weekend Update person. and. And I like, and this is why we're going to get along TJ. I like uh, Chase. Uh, he's not scared to push the boundaries and be a little bit non PC mm-hmm. and stuff. And I love that. I, I, like you, am cheering for those jokes that make the audience pull back a little bit. But yeah. as far as character actors, I don't think anyone puts more into their characters than Cecily. Like she is nuts. She goes through and through, just <laughs> punching so hard. Uh, so, so opening up with with Che and Cecily uh, together was fantastic for me. Um, did you guys have any thoughts on the uh, on the elevator sketch?
2: We have kind of touched on it, but Cecily Strong is, you know, such a strong uh, sketch performer that I think it was like a great kind of way to kick off the show. And, you know, as as we mentioned before, it's a a bit that's kind of laid out throughout the entire episode. Uh, it, It was really nice to kind of see them back together on screen because, you know, I think Cecily is typically on Shay's side of the desk on update. She does like a lot of her characters bouncing off against Shay and I think their chemistry uh, is always really great. Um, and I think, you know, as that sketch progresses, the little button at the end where, uh, you know, they, they have this long conversation and they're kind of, you know, dealing with his experience and, and, you know, as, as a black man and then at the end, her just not letting him into the gym. And, <laughs> you know, I just thought I was like a great, it was a great button that I truly did not expect. And uh, it kind of set the tone for like the entire show for me. You know, that, um, series of sketches. Well, maybe that's why they
1: put it first. <laughs> TJ, what do you think?
2: <laughs> um, so I, so what's funny is like
0: when John reached out to me about uh, joining you guys, I hadn't yet gotten the news that Che was joining the show. So that was how I found out. And so then I went ahead and just looked up the trailer, and all I needed was that that like I think uh, Che was on Fallon. All I needed was that 15 seconds between <laughs> Cecily and Che. That was it. Sold. Um me like I am in. Um there is uh I I, I enjoyed that so much because um so I've I just got to you know, Elvin. in the room. I'm gonna be speaking from the point of the black experience a lot here. Um as we talk about the show. Um so, you know, when you deal with like direct discrimination, like it's really irritating, but there's something, there's something it would, I love is that Chase talking about something new that black people experience, which is like an overcorrection that can just be uncomfortable also where it's like, it's, it's rather than like, it's like someone was trying to reach for equality, but they overcorrect to like a form of like weird worship. And it's just, it's weird, but it's also like, you can tell they're trying to force themselves and it's like uncomfortable. So, cecily channeling uh what i, I think I, I i read a review in prep for the show uh and somebody called her an anti-karen and like it's it's a I, what i think is a perfect like term to describe like this type of like overly like this like type of like person like over like does it and just <laughs> i i thought it was i thought it was perfect um but like there was something that uh chase said that like um where he th- that i thought was like my biggest takeaway from it which was he mentioned how um to cecily which is weird because che's often talking to the audience in these little loose narratives is that um like hey I, he's like hey like i get that you're mad but your mad is over the span of four years my mad is over the span of a lifetime and like so a lot of those things that might be educational for some viewers like to a black audience is going to be just more affirming and so like that like stuck with me as like yeah that's true like i'm not that bothered by what's going on now because it's just stuff. It's just like another thing that I've seen. So I just, it was weird because I was laughing but I was also kind of just like nodding my head a little bit too um, as he was kind of like going with that. Oh I did also want to add, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I did also want to add Cecily is my, uh, she's actually my favorite uh, Weekend Update anchor. Um, that one year, my favorite. Uh, I, take, I, I love it. I, I love I take, it. I'm not saying she's yeah. the best. I would never say she's the best. I'm saying she's my personal favorite. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm yeah. not here to not here to uh to rub anybody wrong.
2: Now, now well, that I think about it, it would have been interesting to see her paired on the desk with uh, with Shay. Oh, my, talking oh, about you, their chemistry here. Yeah, yeah. That, would have, that, that would have been interesting. Wow. But I, oh, yeah. I digress. Wow. wow.
1: Man, wow, that's that's crazy. I mean, what if you know they they're talking about this mass exodus? Everyone's been talking about this mass exodus coming, and now we're hearing more and more people are not sure about it. Do you think? If Colin left and Shay didn't, would he do weekend update by himself or would he ask Lauren to bring Cecily back? She's such she's so good as a character actor though. Right. I think that's I think that's why she's not on the desk.
2: And that and that was like the reasoning I remember at the time, at least in the press, like when, you know, because it was kind of a demotion. But you know, it was like, you know. We we missed uh, you know, all of her characters at the desk. That's why, you know, we're, we're bringing in Michael Che sort of thing. So I don't know. Right. It would be interesting.
0: I could have sworn I heard that it was Cecily was voluntary it was voluntary for Cecily because she wanted to get back into the characters.
1: I think I remember reading that as well. Yeah. Yep. I, I could be I, wrong, I, but I yield. I yield. yield. <laughs> <laughs> um but she was she is fantastic as a character actor. It's kind of like, you know, the way sometimes you'll hear you know, they'll ask if someone's running for president and they say, I think I can do more good in the Senate to staying here in the Senate and, and working on changing law rather than, you know, being in the, in the presidency. So I feel like that's kind of what Cecily's got going on as a character actor. Um, so actually, TJ, it's funny that you say that because that was the thing that stuck with me most as well. And I also really love uh, just getting back to your, your point about the four years, just being uh, angry for the last four years. And I also really love uh, the joke. That they used to tell it, where he says, "You're like the new guy in prison. I'm like the old, <laughs> I, I'm like the old inmate who's been raped over and over. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: God. And that's what I think is like really like uh, pot po- or uh, the potent's not the word. what What I think is really powerful about a lot of the comedy in the show is that they are able to get real and really, there's things throughout the show, something that I, a couple episodes down the line where they're talking about, you know, whether or not che is going to get the vaccine as they're talking about, you know, uh, you know, he, he's kind of saying how like black people don't necessarily want to get the vaccine. His thought process is like, well, um, you know, they think it's more likely that they're going to die getting shot in the street versus, you know, white people don't have that, um, you know, fear in the, in the back of their mind. Like they, they, that's not something that's present. COVID is what, they think is actually something that can kill them and the the way that he's able to really make you like take a beat like think about like these kind of like issues hearing his point of view on it and then hit you with like a, a just a hilarious joke afterwards you know that that is like kind of the special sauce to the show i think
0: it came so close it came so close to after school special a couple of times. And then when he addresses it in the third episode mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, so this is a very special episode. <laughs> like <laughs> I just thought that was a, a kind of an interesting, I was like, all right, brother, like, like I already know this, but I was like, okay, not everybody that's watching this though, like is someone who does know this stuff. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I actually think uh, that was the, That was the most poignant uh, takeaway uh, for me from the entire series was that episode, because I was kind of wondering at first why uh, Chase seemed so kind of anti mask, uh, you know, before he explains it in the episode. And um, and I kept wondering, you know, why why is he? being so anti-mask. He's being anti-mask on the train. He's being anti he not you know, he can't get in the lift because he's, he's not wearing a mask. And I was kind of wondering like, you know, is, is this going to be an episode where Jay, you know, reveals to us, he's an anti-masker or something. And, uh, <laughs> and, and some sort of COVID conspiracy theorist or something. I didn't know where it was going. And then we, you know, he explains and suddenly I realized well, why he was illustrating it that way. Um, I had never considered this, you know, kind of uh, philosophical debate about, you know, fatalism and kind of, you know, accepting your death. You know, he's, he's saying, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just are so sure they're going to get shot and die in, in their neighborhood that it's hard to imagine anything else even being a threat. And so that was a really, yep. that was a that was a really, um, yeah, that was a that was a big moment for me, and it and it was it took a it just felt good to know that he wasn't gonna preach to me just about about being an anti-masker or something.
0: <laughs> it felt almost like um like like watching some of Bill Burr's later standup. Like more recent stand up, where it's like you really think he's gonna like double down on something and just like be a complete contrarian, and then he like hits you with like a oh, so that's what he's trying to say. Uh, like it, it. That's he kind of gave me that same feeling that like watching some of Bill Burr's like recent stuff, uh, kind of does to me,
1: absolutely. And I and I love that thing that Bill Burr does the way mm. the way he, yeah, it's 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 really great. And he was, and he was a, in fact, I will say. He his his monologue was probably the most fun for me because it felt like the most controversial when he was doing it, and I am a hard. <laughs> it door. was so good. Yeah, it was so it was, good. It was, it was so great. good. It was, it was so, so good. And I and I am uh, my my favorite comedian of all time is Dave Chappelle. I'm obsessed with every word Dude, he's ever same. spoken. Yeah, I mean, but but but. Bill still had a more exciting monologue this year, even even though even though Chappelle's was it was everything you wanted, you know, coming Mm -hmm. after coming after the election. There's a reason they brought him in to do it. And I, you know, had said on this show weeks before, God, please. Let them bring back Chappelle again. I but remember Bill, that. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but,
0: I've listened but, to every episode, bro. Every episode. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> He's not kidding. Uh, but 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 Bill was Bill, Bill's monologue was so fun. Was so fun. Um, yeah. So so certainly race is something that kind of is addressed in every episode. But I feel like it is most direct in the first episode is kind of, it feels like that's supposed to be the race race episode about policing and stuff. And obviously we talk about race throughout it, but uh, throughout the show, but I feel like if you had to pick one theme for that first episode, like if we talked about the vaccine episode um, you know, I might say it was health uh, because they talk about some health in some other ways too, not just with the vaccine and stuff. I feel like this episode, Really was like race was the biggest theme, probably. Any comments on that? I'm I'm gonna disagree with you
0: slightly Ooh. on that because um, as somebody who also Dave Chappelle is my my favorite like comedian of all time, but as somebody who like watches a lot of like white and black media, um, it's I, I'm I am do not know. It's just you. I felt like and also who knows Michael Che's voice so prevalently as you guys do too um it's like i don't know like in the fourth episode when he's talking to heidi gardner like race is such a prevalent like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: race for me is like synonymous with like michael che's voice like um like i can understand it seeming more prevalent but for me it it was the entire like the black experience was the shadow or like kind of like just like sim like not symbolic it was uh it, it it was um I can't figure out the right word, but synonymous with like this show, like they, they were like DNA, they were intertwined, Michael Chase voice, sketch comedy and like uh, race. Like it, it, you can't, I can't at least find a big separation in that because like, it just kind of seems to run through every little bit of like Michael Chase takes.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I, I don't think, um, no, I don't think that you can, uh, pull out the, the race from any part of this show. It's like you said, it's woven into the fabric for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me just ask you guys, does anyone have a favorite sketch
2: from this episode wh-
1: from the whole series? Well, I we did can just want- talk about our favorite. Yeah. Things. yeah, yeah.
2: I did want to, you know, say specifically about this episode throughout the entire show. For me, the kind of like, Commercial parodies that they did throughout, you know, the different products that they um, second chance pill, second chance pill. (laughs) I thought thought for for me, like those every single commercial parody, like absolutely killed for me. And you know, it kind of ties back to SNL to where um, you know a lot of those kind of pre-taped bits have been some of the stronger stuff in the season. I know we talk a lot about how like some of the the live material, uh, you know, the season, you know, sometimes isn't um, as strong. But uh, specifically from the policing episode, uh, the Fitbit protest I thought was Love. hilarious. Um, just and I do think it was like a good example of kind of poking at both kind of you know sides of things. And I'm trying to think. I, you you did mention. I don't want to take up all the the oxygen here, but I, I do want to hear your guys' thoughts on the Fitbit protest as well.
0: The minute that the phrase "You just saved four black lives" came across the screen, <laughs> yeah. I laughed my ass off. Like, yeah. I I lost it when I saw that. <laughs> the smile on the person's face goodbye with that phrase.
1: Bro. Me too. I lost and it. and I didn't think I could laugh any harder until that woman went, "We just marched farther than MLK." <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was great
0: <laughs> no and then also for them to take the the spin like to kind of like they even kind of like not double down they got to just went even further and then there was like so like you're on the opposite side we got you bro big bit confederate and i was like what <laughs> like if you have
2: like the... right whether whether you're, whether you're for black lives matter or all lives matter and they have <laughs> yeah. Both at one. Like, like, yeah just just great that's stuff crazy that is crazy
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And it just
2: goes back to the whole, you know, Michael Che untamed sort of thing. It's like every time I, I like imagine when he was like developing the show, every time there was a bit on SNL where the audience didn't laugh. He's like, all right, I'm going to put this to the side and I'm going to expand on this idea into my my sketch show, into my HBO show. So, so funny. Fun fact.
0: I thought we were going come we were I thought we were going to talk about that, and I, I, I have a little secret fact here, actually, a little little nugget to actually uh, address that. So um I don't I don't know if either of you guys listen to the Breakfast Club radio program. No. Do okay. Know. Do you know? Do you know what that is? The breakfast. I, n- club? I know what it
2: is. I know what it is. Yeah.
0: All right. So on the Breakfast Club, Che was. Uh, he was on. Um, he was on the show like uh, a few days ago, and um, I love Michael Che. I love the Breakfast Club. Uh, <laughs> the Breakfast Club is just just black radio in the morning. Um, <laughs> that's just what it is. But it's great. Anyways, and so um. Charlemagne asked Che that same question about like was there anything from SNL that you just decided to pop over here? And Che mentioned he was like, No, actually, everything was written during the summer. Um, and he didn't have any like he was he said he had like 85-90% of like what he had, like was just like him and the writers, and but there wasn't any crossover with SNL, which shocking because you would you would think the brother writes sketches on the biggest right. sketch show. In the world, and you would think, all right, well, it's like, right, I got a Google Doc, <laughs> like, when I make this HBO Max <laughs> show. But, like, no, like, to integrate granted, who, who knows? Like, I, I'm going to choose to believe him, because um, right. he also had, like, he had completely different writers. Um, I mean, granted, I don't know if Sam Jay was also in the room when he was writing, but, like, um, that was surprising to me that there wasn't any crossover because like also the fact that they let him do this show (laughs) like you're gonna write you're gonna make a sketch show while you're writing on a sketch show i mean yeah
2: yeah that's exactly what
1: i'm about to do (laughs) i that is that is a good point
2: i thought it was uh it was amazing like especially in the last episode how hbo just let them take so many digs at hbo max you know (laughs) just like like when when he's at the church and he's like ah like, like, like uh well you're on the hbo max like you know, you're not on like regular hbo he's like it's like the same thing it's the same like,
1: <laughs> and i love how not the church and his friends everyone just keeps being like i, I like fleabag i like fleabag
0: yeah the, <laughs> that was like, right. the idea that black people just love granted i'll be honest i do like fleabag but like the idea that, <laughs> the idea that like fleabag has this whole like just unknown black audience i mean granted D.B. Waller-Bridge is going to be working with Donald Glover on the show. So brothers are more likely to check out right. Feedback. I mean, you know, it is likely, but that, that was just a funny little detail. Well, yeah. I think
1: the pastor also mentioned that he liked Atlanta a lot. He was like, yeah, like yeah he did. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, that's, that's really funny. Um, so anything else jump out uh, as, as what, what was some of your favorite stuff, Sammy?
2: Ooh, Some of my favorite stuff. So we kind of touched on that a little bit. But you know Jeffrey Owens, uh, who played the doctor in two mm-hmm. sketches. He played uh, the in the second chance pill sketch, and I'm I'm blanking on the the other sketch he was in. It was in a couple of episodes later. But I think he for me those the sketches he was in, just him as like a guest. He was like almost like an MVP of the show for me. Uh, you know, a couple years ago there was that you know. Kind of story that came out about him. Not story. It was just like he worked at like Trader Joe's or whatever, and it you know kind of blew up on Twitter. Um, but it's kind brother? of, it's got, yeah. No, that, that's he's and from he's from the Cosby Show, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He was the he's he, was, that, he
1: was the oldest son. Yeah. On the
2: yes, yes um But you know, I digress. He he's just like he he was great. The second chance pill was hilarious. I love how they um, put like doctor in quotations like every time they they, they like have his name on screen. Uh, oh god, I'm really blanking on the other sketch he was in. Um, but yeah, you guys can can talk on that a little bit, and I'll, I'll try to find it.
0: <laughs> the moment the camera zooms out to to show us that he's packing his, body, he's packing yeah. up his desk. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, and it's it's Dick ties by the way. Dick ties Dick is the eyes. other sketch. Yes, that was great. The visual of that where they're both at the the urinal and the guy's are about to get a promotion or whatever, and he's just like
1: <laughs> he looks down and goes. Nah, I don't think you're okay.
2: <laughs> I think I think just
0: the Delivery of the line How much do you think it'll cost? Five? Maybe ten dollars? Like Just <laughs> the delivery of that line For some reason sent me
1: <laughs> Okay, so to talk about both The Jeffrey Owens uh, sketches Which were awesome And yes, one of the notes that I had about Dick Ties Was Dick Ties makes me laugh <laughs> Like I don't know why <laughs> it, just, it just did right. It was so funny so a funny great, a Made great
2: visual gag
1: really funny at the end uh in particular when when the guys you know they're beside the urinal and he says johnson i want to talk to those uh, talk to you about those reports and he looks down and goes actually they're looking pretty good so <laughs> Wait, was- the promotion and the guy goes all right
2: <laughs> was the guy's name actually johnson or did I think, you just I think. Okay, yeah, because that makes it even better. I must have missed that. <laughs> right.
1: um, so that was very funny. But the second chance pill was absolutely one of my favorite sketches from the show. And yeah, TJ, like you were saying, I, I got a kick out of the five or ten dollars thing. And then they touched on it, you know, when they're in the bed. Um yeah. and, and 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 the woman's, you know, she wants to have sex and the guy's already jacked off, and she says, uh, well, you know, take take one of your second chance pills. And he's like, Oh, I already did. I jacked off twice. <laughs> and and she's
0: like, well, Yeah, okay.
1: she's like, Well, can you take one for me now? And he's like, and who's and who's gonna give me the money for it? Are you gonna give me the $10? I thought they were five dollars. Sometimes they're ten. <laughs> that was a really great line. And uh, I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but it was re- <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I already jacked off and I haven't peed yet. <laughs> it was very funny <laughs> to me. It was very funny to me. So it'll sting. Um,
0: Sometimes yeah. they're $10. Just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: It's so funny.
2: And, that, and that's a great example. Yeah. And those two sketches are just great examples how, you know, the show can get real and it could have just like the dumbest kind of dick joke humor as well. Yes. And I just think that the way that they're able to kind of balance that within episodes is actually, um, you know, pretty impressive.
1: Well, speaking of doctors, I really enjoyed Dr. Doogie Huxtable as, <laughs> as por- as portrayed uh, by the incomparable method man. Um, and I, I really loved the, uh, you know, the prostate exam sketch that starts out with him, you know, the guy's nervous and he's telling him, well, you gotta be mature. You know, we, we, you know, this is something that you've got to get over these you know fears and stuff. It's, it's time to grow up. And this is something we have to take seriously at our age. And he says, so, you know, you'll, you'll, take your pants off and bend over. And so he nervously starts to take his pants off and meth is like, whoa, 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 what are you doing, man? Like, I'm, you told me to take my pants off. I'm confused. Like I'm still in the room. And, and, and all of a sudden, he's got all these like homophobic fears and stuff. Very funny. Um, you know, the, the nurse comes in and they start busting his chops. And he's like, you know, he says, you thought, you thought I was going to stick my finger up your ass and you signed up for this? Like, what are you want, <laughs> bro? <laughs> and, and that's very funny. Uh, you know, the nurse, the nurse comes in and, and, uh, and then for some reason in that episode, every sketch, someone is live streaming. Like everyone's going live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny to me. I got uh, for 30 some reason,
0: people up in my live right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Who is that? Oh, that's Patrice, Angie's friend. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. Uh, really enjoyed that sketch. And of course, um, you know, funny when we got to see him later to uh, come out all covered in blood when, when Jay didn't know if his buddy had died. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> 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 and then he gives him the bloody mask to put on. Very funny. So Method Man, was re- he's a he's gotten to be a really good actor. Like, he's really good. He was yeah. cracking me up. He was cracking me up. Yeah, um, he was funny.
2: Lots of good, just in general, medical situational humor in the show the one that sticks out to me is i believe it was in was in the last episode where his buddy um you know is 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 at uh the the doctor and like the nurse has to like you know feel his balls and he's like trying to like he's like trying to like get hard he's like thinking like rihanna beyonce like he like try, tries to go on Pornhub and like he doesn't have service um and then you know at the end she just like laughs and then it kind of ties in at the end where they're all at the bar and mm-hmm. she's like showing someone a picture and, 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 then it tie- and I just love how a lot of these sketches really just bleed into each other. Cause this kind of ties in the homegirl um, par- commercial parody sort of right. thing as well, where the, the homegirl thing I also thought was like really funny where um, you know, he there, there's an app basically if like you're at the grocery store or whatever. And like a, a girl is giving you a hard time, like you can't fight back. So you, basically uber someone to like fight for you and yeah so uh you know that ties into that sketch as well so uh it it was interesting to see kind of stuff really it all like kind of exists in like the same universe uh every sketch it wasn't you know all isolated situations
1: that's great and i will say one thing about the you know the final doctor sketch where uh, where he has got to inspect his testicles you know and, and he's he's naming uh women to, to, you know to, that he's trying to think of to, to try and get hard for reason, it was so funny to me yeah he's you know he's going he's going um you know isa beyonce or whoever and then he goes he goes michelle obama and he pauses with all due respect <laughs> <laughs> I
0: didn't. I didn't catch that because, to be honest, the, the funniest thing <laughs> for me was um because like as i have like just growing up, like you hear about like people talking about how beautiful Rihanna is, how beautiful Beyonce is, how beautiful Halle Berry is. I've heard how beautiful Halle Berry is in every conversation I've had since I grew up in Baltimore. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But the one that cracked me up, and this is just such a small odd detail, was when he said Issa Rae. they gonna be wrong. Issa Rae is. Gorgeous. Uh shout out to Titty Meat Sketch back uh when she hosted. Um <laughs> <laughs> but like ray is gorgeous, she's beautiful. Like, but for some reason I was like, Oh, is Issa Rae now added to like the lexicon of beautiful black women? Like it, that's what like my head went right. Like I laughed, but I was like, Is that like you just okay? So ray she's out there now. Like she she's with Hadley Barry. For some reason, that small detail like made me laugh. I was like, ray <laughs> like you don't you don't expect it uh <laughs> to come out. It
1: yeah. sounds like this may have her. cemented her. In the, it sounds like
2: this may have cemented
0: her in the top tier because those yeah, were
2: top yeah. tier, right? She's top is, tier. She up there. She's gorgeous. She's on the she's
0: on the Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Sammy, you 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 got ahead of me because my favorite sketch is the homegirl sketch. Oh, nice. There there is something so wonderful about the idea of being able to put someone in their place by calling up your homegirl who can <laughs> fight and have her sell it for you and just like there's I th- oh also. I don't know if you guys also caught this, but the homegirl app shows up in the first episode. Um, it's like it's in the elevator. There's like a little um oh. yeah, like you so like uh that and Coco Shango shows up a couple episodes before, it. like a couple of things pop up before he even mentions them, which makes me wonder how they edited everything together or like how they constructed
2: like, right, like
0: the, the show format. Yeah. Um, but like you you got me the homegirl app was that was my favorite, and then it was um I was a big sucker for Body by Calvin.
2: Um, so funny. Yes, yes. <laughs> bodies, bodies by
1: Calvin and not spelled the plural, spelled possessive. B O D Y apostrophe S. Bodies by
2: Calvin. I, lo- I love I- how uh, one of the girls is like. Uh, you know, I showed up to Calvin, and I said I wanted to lose some weight. And he's like, why do you say that? You got, you got the gushy. We're just yeah. going to do some stretches. <laughs> and she's like, right, okay, that's fine. I, I like this. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I really – okay, so this is
0: being recorded, and there's going to be a video of this that lives on the internet for the rest of my life. So I want to make sure that I say this in the correct way. The reason I love the Body by Calvin sketch is not only was it absolutely hysterical, but was it – it was also like just – knowing how guys who love booty are and <laughs> as as a member of that community myself the funniest thing to me about like him the woman recounting the story so um i showed up uh and i had a jacket around my waist and calvin told me to get rid of that um and i said like i feel more comfortable and then he asked me to leave and <laughs> and <laughs> the idea that his whole focus is just like it's not about workout. The whole focus of this man is like, I just want you to be thick. I don't care what <laughs> thick is it, but the, that's that's the whole like. I know that he didn't say that, but like that right. that mentality, like when the girl is, it's like Masania box. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like all he had me do were squats, and I'm like, all he cares about <laughs> is that booty. And I'll be completely honest, I'm hundred uh, percent behind this workout plan. Not for myself, but I I, I would <laughs> I would donate happily let no, me stop uh, <laughs> um no i know that because uh it was funny it, there was also like a small detail about um okay so i, I don't want to get too in the weeds here but like um so uh i have dated girls in the past that like they had like uh, a nice butt and I was like, "Oh, hey, do you have like a nice butt or whatever?" And she's like, "Wait, what? Like, I've never gotten compliments on that before." And I'm like, "Well, you clearly haven't been told appropriately. Um, you haven't like been <laughs> told. You haven't been given good information and or whatever." And so they've never had like you know like <laughs> I don't want to say it, I don't want to say this. They they've never like had it appreciation of like their body or whatever. And it's it's so funny because like certain type of guys will appreciate bodies just differently, and. I like really resonated with how Calvin appreciated the body, which is like, maybe you can be however. Like you got a nice butt. Like, I don't care. Like it's <laughs> that that idea for me is what like that's what I bought it with. Was just like he's uh, <laughs> just, I just want you to have a fat ass. That's it. That's <laughs> all like <all> <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was this was a, uh, this was an awesome sketch. It was a really great sketch. And, you know, uh, Godfrey uh, playing uh, Calvin, you know, and we saw a lot of uh, great comedians, regulars from the comedy cellar. Yamanika Saunders is in there. Oh, I love, uh, her. Chris, love her. Yes, yes, yes. Chris Stefano and Greer Barnes. And so I love all these, you know, real like long time working badass comics uh, being on the show. I, I love that. But um and particularly with that sketch, I loved um I loved how he said, you know, I got in shape when I was locked up in college. And then, <laughs> and then and then later, when it introduces his his buddy or his cousin, that keeps saying that's a fact. He's like, at the bottom it says uh, it says college cellmate <laughs> underneath. <the laughs> um, so that was funny. And he's like, we will get you in shape right here in my sister's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that's just but so only much- in six weeks. Yeah, in six weeks because we're not trying to be in this long term.
2: <laughs> See, you guys, you guys got a chance to watch the show twice, and I only got the chance to watch it once. I'm excited to go back and like catch all these like so a lot nice. of these jokes that i missed and especially like as tj was saying you know certain things that show up in later episodes as like the main sketch that are kind of you know little easter eggs that'll be fun to find
0: can i can I also give a special shout out to what uh, was my favorite snl like um piece in here, which was, uh, cause I'm a, I'm a big Heidi Gardner sucker. Um, like I, look, I like the big three, Heidi Gardner, Cecily Strong, Melissa Senior. I'm a simple man. You know what I'm saying? Granted, everyone's wonderful, but those are like, those are my, like my, my favorites. So the Heidi's reveal, which I think we could all appreciate where she stops a mid, Like, wait a minute. You think I'm a, Wait, you think I'm a therapist? I am I am sex, I'm a prostitute. It's like sex worker. Like every time he corrects them by saying, like, you're not a prostitute, you're a sex worker. And like that that bit comes back multiple times. Like just you know Heidi had to have fun, like with two things in that in that sketch. One, her getting to say fuck, like on, you know, on like uh like like getting to say the word fuck because she doesn't get to a lot. And then also her. Getting to do this accent while playing this, like, double, this prostitute pretending to be a therapist just sounds like the perfect Heidi Gardner, like, fun thing. Like, the, like, she is, I don't want to call her the next Cecily Sean, but her and Cecily share a lot in terms of, like, character devotion, um, even though Heidi's definitely more of an actress where Cecily's probably more of a character.
1: I hear that. But, but listen, Heidi is an amazing character actor. She, there's a reason that she's a weekend update character so often. She just she has amazing characters and everyone knows on this podcast we are huge fans of Heidi.
2: Um, I'm I'm on record on this podcast saying that Heidi Gardner will win an Oscar one day because she is that committed to her characters. That is I remember <laughs> that's on the record and I am re- I am I have not changed my tune. Who's the one. person that also is gunning for Pete to get
0: an Emmy? I've heard that in multiple episodes and I'm yeah. like <laughs> It's okay. Yes. I was like, who is also the other person that's like pulling for uh, an award, uh, just like Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope he gets it. But like, that's that's a <laughs> it's an interesting one.
1: It's it's Andrew Haskell, one of our super fans, and he likes credit for it. He wants the credit for it, and we're giving it to him. He's a yeah. he he, want, he doesn't want us to forget, and he he called it. And I hope I hope that I hope that he's right someday. The uh, but this you know this uh, sketch reminds me of. Something that was I, I took away from you know multiple episodes of the show, which was that there are a lot of late reveals with characters, a lot of late character reveals. Um, you know, like it it was you know it's a while before we realized that Heidi is a sex worker. And honestly, when we were talking before this show, uh, before this. Podcast. I actually hoped that we would discuss this and someone would say prostitute or hooker so that I could interject sex work. But uh, but this but but there's a lot of late reveals. Even you know, so it's a little while before we realize that she is a uh, sex worker, which is very funny. And it's all the way at the very end of the damn episode before we realize Florence is a sex worker too. (laughs) So funny. I I Um, love also.
0: I'm. I'm also really enjoying, uh, Haynes. I'm really enjoying seeing you correct yourself, like as you're speaking it right now. About to say process, but but then you correct yourself and say S-. Like I love just seeing in your brain, like that's what's happening in that moment. <laughs> it's funny.
1: It's funny, um, and it's definitely what's happening. So, uh, but yeah. So, so there. I feel like there were there were a, a lot of um, a lot of late reveals, like like the rich guy. You know, we get basically all the way through his bit, you know, when uh, Grace is on the date with the rich guy before he realized he's in a wheelchair. Um, And then (laughs) and then he comes back and he's kind of a completely different character. And, you know, and even a little bit of a reveal with Cecily's character in the first sketch, although I think we can all tell that the white woman who is like, as you put it, you know, who is overcorrecting is I think you can kind of tell that she's going to be the type of person, you know, the, you know, the the fake ally who, you know, when you get to the gym, like, you know, she, she closes the door and goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. Very nice to meet you. Sneaks around the corner. Um, She's an ally.
2: She's an ally. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Right. Um, One of of
2: my, one of my favorite, I I guess this is kind of a late reveal, but we haven't necessarily touched on um, the, the vaccine episode where uh, Connor O'Malley, who is one of my favorite, Um, funny guys in the world uh, who I believe is also A.D. Bryant's husband, right? Um, He is... You you guys know I'm talking about, right? The guy who plays the agent in the fifth episode. um, Che's agent. Oh, is that Um, what that is? Yeah, yeah. He he has an insane YouTube channel, by the way, if you haven't uh, ever checked out his videos, but uh, I love the kind of reveal at the end where how uh, no one at the party at the vaccination party, uh, had gotten the vaccine. <laughs> they, they give it to Che after he said he didn't want it, give it through his shirt. Cause he's like, oh, well, I thought you were gonna, you know, back out. So it's a good thing. I did it through the shirt. And then they're all like, well, I guess, uh, how do you feel? And then he's like, I feel fine. <laughs> oh, great! It works. And then everyone starts getting the vaccine, just like that. That yeah. was a great reveal. The
1: doctor, yeah, the doctor steps back and goes, "I think it works, everyone." <laughs> I mean, you think, uh, um, yeah. So that was very funny. Um, I, and ac- actually, something that we haven't gotten to talk about yet that I really enjoyed about the show was all the, you know, all the writers, uh, the SNL writers who, you know. Who got to be on uh, Anna Drezin uh, was the was the first uh, White Castle rep uh, that we see talking, and uh, Brian Tucker, who I love, Brian Tucker, you know, who has who, who wrote for Chappelle Show and you know is a longtime you know SNL senior writer. He's been there since two thousand five, and and he's co head writer I think for five seasons, thirty nine to forty three. Uh, great to see him. And when he delivered that murder burgers line the first time, I was crying. I hope that he wrote that line. I hope that he wrote that line because I thought murder Wait, who, burgers
2: was very funny. And the White Castle sketch, uh, he was.
1: He was the guy. He was, yeah, he was. He was the gentleman who was. Uh, you know, he tried to tell a little bit of a joke, and then he goes, "Oh, you guys can't even let me have one laugh." And then, uh, and then, he, and then, and then he talked about the murder burgers. That was Brian Tucker.
0: Was he the uh, the slightly older
1: gentleman? Sure. Yeah. Slightly older, I would say. Yes. You know, he's probably in his 50s or something.
0: Speaking of SNL writers, my favorite SNL writer um, was in the, I think it was in the vaccine episode, Sam i um, I'm a big, big Sam J fan. I love her specials. I, um, she hasn't, she even hasn't. What's funny is the whole like HBO versus HBO Max debate that's going on when Michael has his HBO Max thing and Sam J, literally, I think a day or two before. Shay's show came out, it was announced Sam Jay's getting an HBO, like, not an HBO Max, but an HBO show. So for <laughs> that, like, a debate to be happening, and then for her to be in his show, I just thought that was such, like, a funny little, um little, like, just little, like, meta thing going on. But Sam Jay, who I just, I could watch her voice in literally anything. She's just, like, a more funny Lena Waithe. Like, to me, like, I think she's hysterical. So, like, um having her play a barber, I know she didn't really get a chance to, like, Flex her comedic shops like here, but I'm a like, gigantic fan of her stand-up. Um so I was just like I'm I'm always just happy to see Sam J show up. Literally, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Sam, Sam J Sam J's awesome and another, you know, stalwart of the comedy seller, another real real comedian, you know, do, doing doing stand-up work out there that you can see pretty regularly. Um so that was awesome. And if you know, as long as we're gonna bring up the barbershop, um, that was very funny. You know, the dude slinging them two for five. Uh but <laughs>
0: You're selling vaccines in a barbershop. You're not okay. You're not not okay.
1: (laughs) I would not say you're okay. Uh, So funny. And although that dude dude maybe had the best line of that sketch when he pointed and goes, one, two, three, four, five. One of y'all has herpes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally going to start doing that now. I remember Louis C.K. did something uh, similar on a tour that I saw him one time. Um, I saw him one time on tour, and he said, uh, you know, it it was like a 2,000-person auditorium, and he was like, next week, six of you will be dead. You just have to accept (laughs) that. You know, by the numbers, that's going to (laughs) happen.
2: I remember that.
1: (laughs) So I love that. And, and I'm, I'm definitely going to try and, and this is a perfect theme for our show, but I'm going to try and bring more of those statistics to life in my own life. I think it's a great, <laughs> great way to tell a joke.
2: Well, this and is any, SNL stats after all.
1: It is. Any, 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 anything to say about the, uh, the, the barbershop sketch, Sammy?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of echo what you guys all said. I mean, the, the barbershop sketch was great. Um, that was in the, the vaccine episode, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and 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 touching on the Sam Jay, I mean, I think uh, even though she ne- didn't necessarily have like all of like the funniest stuff to do in that sketch, she played like a a great kind of like straight woman, and yeah. you know that is also you know super cha- super challenging uh, as well to kind of anchor the whole thing. Um, but yeah, definitely enjoyed the barbershop sketch.
0: I I don't know if it was this vaccine episode, but there was a moment where Michael says, "Yeah, my white manager wants me to take it like." I, I could have sworn it was a vaccine episode, but knowing that he's just talking about Lauren and calling Lauren a white manager <laughs> was the funniest thing to me. <laughs> just,
1: just That's Lauren really funny, and a I didn't white put, manager. I didn't. I didn't put that together. I thought he was just talking about you know the manager as played by Connor. I, I uh, had the same thought,
2: TJ. That that was really funny. I did not think
1: about To <laughs> Call Lauren a white manager. <laughs>
2: I mean, he looks like a white manager to me.
0: <laughs> no, it's true, but it's just, it, it was such like a, He's like
2: Lauren Michaels.
0: <laughs> and he's so nausea, a lot about, yeah, my white manager wants me to go take this vaccine.
2: <laughs> I would love to see a conversation between Lauren and Che, Lauren trying to convince Che to get the vaccine. That could be. Oh a, my that could have been a sketch in itself. Um, Absolutely,
1: you're right about yeah. that.
2: Lots of, just lots of in general, great SNL, just cast alum. I mean, there's a lot of the current cast on there, but, um, you know, Colin Quinn as uh, the priest in, in the the sixth episode, when uh, when that ep- that sketch starts and he's in confession and you hear the voice, I'm like, okay, I definitely, this is someone, this is going to be someone. And then when it was Colin Quinn, I was super happy. Uh, Ellen Cleghorn, the great Ellen Cleghorn, uh, who was in a couple episodes, right, this is Michael mm-hmm. Che's uh, mom. Always great to see her pop up. Uh, the Colin Jost cameo, I mean you know oh, just so funny <laughs> fa- fan- fantastic because at you know at first uh they have someone who, who was playing che uh initially oh mario, in Hard- his-
0: oh, oh, mario hardwick yes, i don't yes. know he's, that- on, but he's really famous
2: yeah and then out of nowhere when they just have <laughs> jokes, like uh <laughs> you know pop pop in um as michael che uh you know kind of harking but ba- not harking back a little bit to the joke swaps of it all you know just uh you know their awesome recurring bit um but yeah. It was
1: it was so funny, you know. Chay, you know, you, you immediately see, uh, Jost on stage as Che, and uh, <laughs> and the the hand movement that he used when he like kind of lectured the crowd and goes, as a black man, <laughs> <laughs> that got a good laugh out of me. But the whole, oh my god, the whole shape, uh, the whole Jost thing was so funny. You know, the kid raises his hand and asks a question and says, "Have you ever done anything gay to be in Hollywood?" And he says and and the lady's going oh that's not a thing and he goes he goes well it depends on what you mean by gay and then, and then he goes and then he goes and then he goes into the ice cream story and goes yeah i was at a party one time with this big exec and and he had his dick in a bowl of ice cream and he goes hey you know if you want to you want to make it in hollywood you got to lick the ice cream off my dick and i said no but i will eat the ice cream <laughs> if you take your dick out of it and I did, and here I am.
2: <laughs> and he's like, and then he's like, deal,
1: <laughs> deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was so good. And 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 these and these, you know, that like you said, the uh, the cast members. It was amazing to see them all. Ellen Cleghorn you know, so fantastic. And particularly when, uh, you know, she's talking to the son after she's found the gun and, uh, and, you know, and, and he says, you know, I'm hiding it for someone. And she pulls out the police baton and says, Oh, are you, you know, keeping this too? And then, uh, but when he says, I just forgot what a good, just what a good actor, uh, she is. When he says that he, you know, he tells her that he took the police exam. She bats her eyes in the craziest way that this just has had me rolling like it was like real actor chops, so good. And um, you know, TJ, since you've already told us your favorite uh, weekend update host, I will tell you, famously known by in huge groups. A lot of people say he's the worst Weekend Update host of all time. I don't know why. My favorite Weekend Update host has always been Colin Quinn. I absolutely love Colin Quinn. I loved his, um, you know, just his – he's so gritty and New York, and he was himself the whole time. You know, he's not acting at all. I absolutely loved Colin Quinn when he was on the desk, and so, you know, having him back for this was very funny. Well, what's bothering you, my son? Everything, son. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that, yeah, loved having him back. Any any thoughts on, uh, further thoughts on Colin Quinn or the the priest uh, sketch? Um, So Colin
0: Quinn is one of those comics that, like, um, for as big of a comedy nerd as I am, I know his name more than I know his material. So, like, I've always seen him. I've seen him show up in, like, different guest spots. Like, I was watching HBO's Girls, um, the whole show, like, last fall. And so I know he was in a couple episodes, but he's not really Colin Quinn there. He's just, like, <laughs> Lena Dunham gave him a job. Um, and I was watching the De- the Patrice Neo documentary, and he's, like, a lot in that. And they talk about his old show, Colin Quinn's Tough Crowd. And I was like, oh, this is like a really interesting show. I'd love to watch a bunch of scenes. It's pretty chaotic. Um, I tried to find it, but I couldn't really like, find it anywhere. Uh, maybe I just didn't dig hard enough. So Colin Quinn is somebody that like, I know is respected, but I don't really know his comedic voice too well.
1: Interesting. Well, I think you can find at least um, clips of Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. I know that I've seen them on YouTube fairly recently, like within the past you know month or two. I've, I've watched Ooh. a couple of them um, and they do have, you know, some just some comedians who've been around, you know, around a long time. Um, Norton and, you know, some of this other, you know. The Lower East Side friends, I guess, and so uh, so so yeah, uh, tough crowd is is a good one. It a good one to check out. They they it's a tough crowd because they tap they tackle tough issues. So you got comedians like you know talking about awkward issues, and and it can be a pretty fun watch. You know, it can also make you kind of clench for a second when you're like, oh god, what's you know what is this is this person about to give me a really shockingly controversial opinion? You know, um, but yeah, tough I love but tough those moments. Well, there's plenty of there's plenty of them on Tough Crowd. If you if you find a way to find Tough Crowd, there there are plenty of them there. Um, I think one of <laughs> the most the most surprising line I would say the one that completely took me by surprise and I have no idea, um, you know how, how or why this line got written, you know because we can all tell how old Colin Quinn is just from looking at him. But when he said, you know he's he's incredulous that Che is, you know is playing Madison Square Garden really just you by yourself are you sure just you really just you like yeah is, is that so crazy well i just remember being a kid and seeing dane cook sell the place out
2: <laughs> <laughs> which cool. I, I i also love that line because again as like an snl fan he was on snl he left snl like years before like dane cook blew up uh, in like the mid-2000s so that was uh that was a great line. And Dan Cook is
1: just the funniest comedian to bring up to me. I don't know why that was funny, um, but, God, he, but used to be he, he was huge. He was huge.
0: I remember when he was. Jo- I remember because I, I know I didn't watch all the way through, but I remember seeing that Madison Square Garden special air. Like I remember, like seeing it come on cable, and I was like, oh, I'll watch something else. Um, but like, I just remember like how big he was. I,
2: yeah, I've he was seen. Huge. I've seen Dan Cook live like three times in the past like two years um wow. yeah with, uh, at the comedy store in, in los angeles like a, a you know a couple times and you know he i, I think he still got it to be honest I don't really? know if that's yeah. Yeah, he, he he had some good stuff he uh some of his personal life and relationship and stuff uh he, he's been able to kind of mine some some funny material from that i
0: i always this is this is something that would honestly this people could create a whole podcast about this but i always thought it was very interesting how in the pre-netflix era once like you know there was that kind of comedian track a comedian would do a show like uh premium blend or live at gotham they had a few five minutes then they did comedy central presents and then they would do they would get like an hour special and they might get a few more, and then maybe they might get like a show. And if the show didn't do well, like their th- their career would plummet. You just wouldn't see them anymore. Like it happened to like it almost happened to Anthony Jeselnik, or like Demi- Demetri Martin's probably a good example. But they have Netflix specials. Like, but Dan Cook is like I feel like a good example of like one of those comics. Like he had that you know trajectory, and Comedy Central was that only avenue. And were, why are we talking about Dan Cook? <laughs> 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 I'm just catching myself, but he had that trajectory, and then. For some reason, he fell off. Like, I have no idea why. And now you just don't, you hear him as like a butt of the joke. Again, John, you can take all of this Dane Cook material off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, we, we got to spin this off into a Dane Cook pod. We can, we can, talk, about, we can talk about We talk about the Vaps of SNL he broke down uh, or that he hosted a couple of years back. Um, we got, we,
0: this is the really, this is what people need. This is the niches <laughs> of niches of like podcast materials, like Dane Cook's career. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're
1: you're right. It's
2: we're it's getting cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of uh, cut, uh, the Family Chop is a sketch that we have not uh, mm. talked about, mm-hmm. and the, he he did a couple of these like kind of game show reality sketch parodies throughout the show. There's the Family Feud one, which you know, as a you know, you can't think of Steve Harvey and Family Feud without you know SNL's Keenan Thompson doing Family Feud. So it was interesting to see um i'm not familiar with who portrayed steve harvey um in in that sketch but um
1: i think that might have been godfrey as well yeah that was
2: not
0: godfrey God- i don't think it was Godfrey because godfrey's much darker than that steve harvey was
1: i don't remember we'll have uh, to look it up uh, we'll i don't know look it
2: up but, uh but i digress uh but the the family chop sketch i thought was great how he you know saying to be successful in hollywood he has to you know, do a blood sacrifice for one of his family members. And it's between like his aunt and it must have been like an uncle or something. And then he finds out like halfway through the sketch that uh, it's not his actual aunt. It's just like a really good friend of uh, his mom's from growing up. And then he's like, oh, well, you made the, the decision a lot easier for me. And she's like, in, in what way? And it just <laughs> kind of pans in with the dramatic music. And then I,
0: I don't know if that's, a, I don't know like if that's like an all culture thing, but I definitely have. You guys might be able to tell me. I have way more aunts that aren't related to me than aunts that are related to me. Like, all of my aunts, except like one, none of them are related to my mom, but they're family. Like, it's, I I thought it was a funny thing. I was like, I don't think that's just a black thing. But like it, it made me every now and then I'll see something that like like I've grown up and I've just known my whole life and then I'll see it on the screen and I'm like hold up is this a black thing or is this just like a people thing? I mean uh, I definitely yeah. Gr-
2: yeah definitely growing up I had uh, like a lot of like my good family friends like my parents' friends I, I would refer to like uncle this and mm-hmm. that but now if I were to see them I feel like I, that's like been retired as a phrase like I just call them by their name you know I, I don't know. Oh, no! They, they still
0: got—they still got the aunt title. Like, <laughs> like you got—you got—you got—they you yeah. still got the wrong respect. You know.
1: Yeah. So I've literally never had any female person that I'm not related to referred to as an aunt. Uh, you know, the, I've never had anyone that's not an aunt referred to as an aunt. But the uncle thing—I don't know why uncle is so common in my life, and aunt never was. But whenever like, you know, a family friend would come over. They would always it, kind of jokingly, but they would refer to him as, as you know, Uncle John or whatever. I, I go see my friend's kids, uh, you know, and, and I'm just friends with him. We're just have been buddies all our life. And, you know, he'll say, Oh, there's Uncle Andrew. You guys, you know, say hey to Uncle Andrew. I don't know why that's a thing, but it definitely, definitely, Uncle has been a thing in my life. I've not experienced the aunt thing, only mm. the uncle thing. So very, very interesting that just one, one side of that.
0: Speaking of kids. This might be, this might mean I'm just too dark of an individual. But in the family chop sketch, when Che, when they, Che realized he has to eliminate one of the kids, (laughs) my brain went to the moment where Anakin in uh what is it is is I think it's Revenge, of the, Revenge of the Sith when Anakin is gonna take out the younglings, like my brain <laughs> 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 That's
2: amazing. I my love brain that. went
0: there immediately like the that camera angle of the kids in like this over I don't know if it was older the over the shoulder of Che. I don't think it was, but my brain, just like the look of the kid's faces just reminded me of when Anakin
2: takes up the young looks. It would have been amazing just to see a lightsaber just kind of <laughs> pop out there at the end. And, and then they just ended there and, and that could have been the end of the sketch. Definitely, I don't think Michael, I don't think that's Che's type of humor necessarily. I,
0: no, I agree. I just, I was like, this is just me. This is not Michael Chase. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: brain went there immediately. <laughs> I will I will just say, and we probably shouldn't spend too much time on Star Wars, but I will just say, even though I own all the films, I do not watch episodes one, two, and three, and I d- d- didn't even recall that.
2: Yeah, you got to give love to Revenge of the Sith, though.
1: It's you the best one. You. It's the best one yeah. of, of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh my God. I, you know, I told you guys that... Um, you know, or maybe I didn't, but, but for, but the wheelchair, the wheelchair guy, you know, the date when she's with the rich guy was for some reason, that was one of my least favorite parts. I just wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a lot of jokes there and I get it. He's, you know, he's rich and aggressive and stuff, but he did have one of the best lines of the whole series uh, that really got a hard, hard laugh out of me. And that's when he told her that he wanted to, uh, suck her vagina like a cigarette down to the butt.
2: <laughs> that was a good line. He
1: said, down to the butt. Oh my God. That, it, that, it took me aback and I was crying laughing. That's an incredible line. And I don't think that there'll ever be a circumstance where I use it, but it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, so that was that was a great line. For me, that was a great one, one letter.
0: That man was down bad. Like he, he was, <laughs> that brother was down bad. Like he was, he was the. Th- I've, I don't think brothers on Instagram are that thirsty. Like, good, <laughs> God, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that line. Yeah, was oh funny. Gosh. Well, uh,
1: since. Since we're, since we're kind of moving toward the end of the episode here, are there any other just huge points that really stuck out to you guys that you feel like we have to get in before we get out of here? Or was there anything that just completely didn't work for you? Uh, Samuel, I'll let you go first.
2: Sure. Hmm. Well, I guess as far as sketches, we haven't hit yet, which I'm surprised that we haven't. Uh, I believe it was in the second episode where um, – was it, was it Gary Richardson, who was, like, the teacher? Um, and, he, <laughs> and he's bringing in someone to talk about addiction. And just, the, the guy's just talking about hoes. Like, that was a, 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 one of the highlights for me, which we haven't hit yet. One of my favorite lines from that sketch, and I'm going to totally butcher it, was something like he's, like, asking the kids for, like, you know, signs of a hoe, I think. And one of them's like, uh, like oh, she lies? He's like, I've definitely seen some Lion hosts, or like in, in my in my lifetime. Uh, I I really enjoyed that sketch. Um, you know, as far as things that didn't necessarily work for me, um, mm, yeah, you'll have to come back to me on that one. Um, but you, you guys could, uh, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Well, isn't on that post. a great?
1: Isn't that a great review of the show? That that's oh, the or, it's, you or, it's because, or it's because
2: or it's because I've only watched it once, and I, I'm trying to be positive. The stuff. The cream rises to the top. I definitely like more things than dislike in that show. I'll say that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> TJ. <laughs> Ain't
2: nobody talking about women. I'm talking about
0: hoes. That's <laughs> 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 the delivery of that line. Did anybody else get uh Timerone Bigum's early Chappelle show vibes from that sketch? Little <laughs> <Liz Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Um <laughs> And they, yeah. and the and the pastor the pastor does reference Chappelle show as a show yeah. that he actually misses. So a little little a little homage to Dave there.
0: Um, so I'm going through my notes here to see like what was something that like I know that we hand touch on. I thought it was very funny that we had a mock Chris Hansen that uh, a black kid brought the tears. That, that was I thought great. That, was, that was really funny. Um, it's just like straight notes, straight notes. Um,
1: can i can I just comment on Chris Hansen yeah. before we move on? Yeah, so so that sketch I did think was it, it was definitely one of the ones that got the least laughs out of me. But there was one line that absolutely killed, you know, what, you know, he's explaining, um, you know, the kid's like, where are you, the police? He's like, no, you know, I'm her husband, you know, and, uh, you know, or he's, you know, he says, that's my wife. And he goes, man, that's not your wife. She's for the streets. <laughs> I was crying. That was awesome. That, was so
0: that kid, that, that kid, like whoever that actor was, he, that was so, I had so much fun like watching that kid just utterly disrespect Chris Hansen. <laughs> I don't know why so it funny. was like I love that. Um, Say other stray notes I had is that um, I really okay. So the town hall in memoriam sketch, which talks about how basically it just shows a bunch of like Karen or Carl type peoples like uh, like ranting and then dying of COVID, gave me serious parks and recreation vibes, um, just like in an HBO match type of version.
2: Um, <laughs> I'd say to touch on that, that was a sketch where, um, I, I didn't like love that when they first introduced it, but then when they bring it back at the end where they go through all of, uh, the people who, uh, who, who, they, you know, instead of die, die from COVID this time, it's just like the, you know, the real they kind of stuff. Shot. <laughs> yeah. They just got shot or, or, or whatever. I felt like that was like a good payoff for something that I didn't necessarily you know the setup. I, I didn't necessarily love. Yeah.
0: Um. And I'm I'm I don't know if I'm gonna get. Uh. I want to make sure I say this like in like a good way, uh, respectfully. No, I saw. Um. <laughs> something off for some reason that like rang true was Chase's statement that like black people are simultaneously the most liberal and conservative people. Like we will like stand for justice about something, but if it's, as long as it's something we don't like that we don't as long as it's something that we tolerate and i just <laughs> thought about like my parents um i'm not like calling on my parents but i think about it made me think about my parents i like there are certain things i know my like dad is like completely and will stand up for and then there's just sometimes he's just like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he just will not and i just i don't know why so like then that seguing into a sketch called the bravest ninja in the team and then seeing how like he's inspiring these brothers and like how the black dudes are like hesitant to like get in on the cause. I was like, I've seen that so much that it killed
1: me. But then one dude, one dude does start to come in and he pulls out the phone and he goes, he goes, but this dude is thick. Yeah, but he's thick. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, the thing that didn't work for me, I don't know if you guys are going to like this. Um, even though I did like the performance of the doctor, I wasn't crazy about the dick bow tie thing. You you mm. guys sold me on the idea that the phrase "dick ties" is a hilarious like phrase, but I'm not always like the biggest guy who like loves like an immediate like dick joke. Um, so for me, I think when I like saw that sketch, I was like, "Why is this particular sketch here?" I think there was like one episode that felt like this doesn't feel like it's this episode doesn't feel like it's themed. Or the sketches are a theme to, like, the loose narrative that's happening mm. here. Um, and for some reason, uh, even you guys can correct me on this, because I feel like it was Greer Barnes who was playing Michael's dad. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, even though I like Greer Barnes, for some reason, the, the moment that, like, the dad goes to talk to anybody in the show, even though I like Greer Barnes, those were, like, one of the only couple moments like during the show where I was just like I'm gonna check my phone like I just I was just kind of bored like I just mm. um, granted I, I mean no disrespect to Greer Barnes maybe it was more I just wasn't as um that conversation didn't pull me in as much as the rest of the show was
1: I, I did think Greer I did think Greer had a few good lines like when his son you know is going dad Carol's pregnant okay what trimester <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And then later, and then later he kind of toughed us on it again, you know, when, when they, when he's kind of finishing the conversation, he goes, all right, now let's get this girl to have an abortion so you don't have to be a pig no more. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh, oh, and then like one last thing I really liked, and this is more of just like a, cause I'm such a standup nerd. Um and i'm 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 a new fan to her but i think i'm pretty sure it was rosebud baker was in that sketch with billy porter um rosebud baker is like a is a stand up she's really, she's not i don't know how new to stand up she is but she's new in terms of like getting like a glow up and i think she kind of like got it like a glow up like during the during the the panda express um so like she <laughs> sorry <laughs> um she got um, a glow up like during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, during the Panini uh, by Luna's ex, Um She got like a glow up during that time. <laughs> um, and so I'm just, a, I'm a fan of her. And granted, like she, again, she, there, there wasn't really anything for her to do but to react and be the straight uh, woman like in that sketch. But if you ever check out her stand up, for some reason, her stand up vibes with me. I don't, I don't, I just, I think she's really, really funny. I just, I really enjoy her.
1: Awesome. Nice nice plug for her. I will say... I can't. I kind of can't believe that we didn't talk about the sketch because I actually have Atomic Twan as my favorite character of the whole series. I thought oh. he was amazing. I thought he was amazing, and you know, I haven't seen a lot of Billy Porter. You know, I've never seen Kinky Boots, and and I'm not sure all the stuff that he's in. You know, may, maybe I've seen him once or twice. He seemed kind of familiar, but he was amazing. You know, we, we saw him as the security guard before the superhero, and the bear, you know it, they showed him and the elevator sketch when when you know he's sitting there and uh <laughs> I didn't exactly. realize that was him. yeah and uh and and so yeah kind of foreshadows that a little bit uh and, you know of course <laughs> they're stuck in the elevator the woman's like you know i think they're stuck and he goes if they're really stuck then they'll be there it's great it's great logic
2: i loved uh when he showed up this is a security guard and um, you know, similar to you, I haven't seen a ton from Billy Porter. So, um, he hasn't hosted SNL, has he? No, but he, he almost has an EGOT. He just needs an Oscar. Okay. Like he's in this,
0: uh, show
2: called Pose, which is pretty, yeah. uh,
0: yeah. I think Pose won like an Emmy and he's all, he's won a Grammy and Emmy and a Tony, um, um, yeah. So I don't, I've never seen him make, this is the first thing I saw him in, but I've heard his name over the past couple of years. It's like a really big,
2: big name. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the little shop of horrors movie that they're making as the, uh, as Audrey too. Um, the, the plant, if you guys are familiar with that show at all. Um, but I've uh, heard
0: a song from little shop of horrors, but that's, yeah, yeah, true. yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, no, Billy Porter, uh, you know, as someone who, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say I've seen a ton from him. He definitely stood out for me, for, for me and is uh, someone who, uh, let's see him host us now. Let's kind of see the, yeah. the other sketch comedy chops that he has. He was killing it in those heels. I mean, I don't <laughs> know much about heels, but the brother seemed like he
0: knew what he was doing.
1: And, and i just the whole sketch was very funny to me his delivery is incredible and it was funny the way he found himself in that situation sounds like maybe the way you would find uh people looking you know tied to a bomb sammy k he was just <laughs> looking for some good lighting for his tiktok videos i think what he said. <laughs> so that was a great sketch full of great lines um I think uh, unless, unless there's something else that you guys want to bring to the table, I think, I think we're about to wrap things up. Um, So first of all, I just want to thank all the listeners. You know, they, they are the ones that make this thing go around. And we have such an incredible community that's starting to build around this podcast. We've got, you know, a listener right here who's, who's joining the show now and it's been so great to have him. So I want to thank all the guests uh and of course uh let you guys you know tell the folks what you've got going on in your life uh tj thank you for joining us so much what have you got going on
0: uh well first of all thank you guys very much for having me um and you're right i'm a great guest um (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) and a, and a a humble guest too Yes. I, I think I'm the most humble guy that I know. Um, let me stop. I know I had a lot of fun here. Um, uh, so I did have like a, just a couple things things I want to plug, but I'll make it compact. So I have an upcoming podcast that I'm working on called Rabbit Trail. Uh, that's R-A-B-I-D um, with some friends. We're planning on launching in June. Uh, and there's a podcast that I... Um, I used to work on for about a year called Team Trash Cast, where we talked about life in our 20s. Uh, and it was kind of more of just like a, a, a diary for my, friend, uh, my friends and I to talk about life in our 20s as well as to make fake audio commercials. Um, and uh, you can follow me at King Compliment on Instagram and Twitter. I'm sorry. I actually don't use Twitter. You can follow me at King Compliment on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and you can also follow... Uh, you can follow me there for updates about things that I'm working on, as well as at Team Trashcast on Instagram and TikTok, uh, because I also uh, make like video, like content, and, like promotions for the podcast, and like little skits and stuff there. So, King Compliment and uh, Team Trashcast, if on Instagram and TikTok, if you'd like to reach out to me.
1: Awesome, sounds great. Thanks, Sammy. What have you got going on?
2: Uh, well. Uh... Again, just want to thank you for uh, steering the ship today. This was a you know a great show. Um, just to kind of wrap up my thoughts on Shay's uh, show in general, uh, this conversation, you know, really cemented this as a show that I'm gonna you know uh, return to. And you know, there's a lot of things even through this conversation that I feel like um, you know I missed or you know jokes that I feel like uh, I can go back and really uh, appreciate even more. So I'm, I'm happy we got to sit down and have this conversation you guys can follow me uh at that v- sammy k on twitter instagram and tiktok uh especially tiktok these days is where i'm putting a lot of my energy into um and uh obviously on the snl super fan takeovers the snl sets super fan takeovers as well awesome
1: well it's, it's been great having both you guys it was an honor to sit in the host chair for this episode. Uh, you know, my name is Andrew Haynes. You can always find me on Twitter at SNL has a cast. Of course, we have three roundtables coming up to finish the SNL stats season. You know, beginning uh, with the Monday episode coming up after Elon Musk this weekend. And then, of course, we've seen the host for the uh, rest of the year with Keegan-Michael Key and uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. So this is going to be very exciting. Those will be three great roundtables. Of course, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, remember to subscribe on any podcatcher where you can can find us. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, SNL Stats. Look us up. Subscribe. Uh, it's a fantastic show. We'd love to ha- have you be a part of the community. And I just thank uh, thank the listeners and-, and thank you guys so much for-, for being here today. It is a fantastic show. Can't wait to see more of it. Don't know when that'll be, but uh, certainly looking forward to it. And uh, it's been an honor uh, talking with you guys about it. And we'll see everyone next time.
0: Let's get statistical so unpredictable here on SNL
1: Stats.